Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Hey, Leonard. Just apparently saw a mouse in the office. I'm about to go hunt it, but can you please do a mouse check? Maybe bait a few traps, make sure the springs in, in the trap are active, and then go through the maintenance checklist, yada, yada, yada. Thanks so much, Brad. Jessica to Brad and Leonard. No, apparently, I saw the mother effing mouse twice. Yuck, burn it down. Please don't burn down the factory over a mouse. Um, so, like, let's have a conversation about this. Are we okay. well insured? <laughs> <laughs> I think the premiums are paid up, but no, probably shouldn't. I, there's probably an out if you arson your own factory. I am having a bit of a stronger reaction to this than I thought I would have. I mean, we're all scared of something. Well, Jess, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I'll I'll save you from the most. Thank you. We are have a special day today. We had a special day today. It is the last day uh, before our annual summer shutdown. So we... Uh, Took the Lacombe Fishing Game Association's barbecue, and we did a barbecue up at the lure for everybody, and sent them home early. Half day work today, and looking forward to uh, doing end of end of year count, inventory count, and you're looking forward to inventory. I'm looking forward to crossing it off my list of things to do. Yeah, I thought that you were actually looking forward to counting things. No, okay, well, in no. that case, then maybe. I'll peace out too. Let you have more of the joy of doing inventory. <laughs> well, maybe not joy. It's just nice to get it done. That's true. It's a nice yeah. refresh. Um, it works well when <clears throat> things aren't actually moving through the factory. So we've been shutting down during the summers for ever and ever and ever. Um, it's a good chance to take a break and enjoy the short season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it is. So. Uh, and you're taking some time off during the break too. Yeah, I'm gonna go camping. Hopefully, there will be no mice. Uh, there's there is mice in the wild though, but not in my office. Well, maybe not. It wasn't in your office. It was outside of your office. It was outside of the door. We have glass panel doors. Yeah, I, like looked into my soul. Yeah, you'll be okay. I'm gonna get you. Yeah, you'll be okay. It won't get you. <laughs> Today we're gonna talk. To Steve Meredith, an industry pal. We've ran into him at trade shows for, well, since we basically joined the business. And he's a heck of a good guy. And he went from a pro staff to uh, to a uh, employee with um, a technician, senior technician, I guess, of, of Lawrence uh, Fish Finders. So we're going to learn more about sonars and the business of sonars. Looking forward to it. Let's talk to Steve. I feel completely unprepared today because for the first time in made from memories podcast history i don't have a bio prepared so steve i apologize for that i have to throw you 
to the sharks and ask you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. No problem. Uh, my name is Steve Meredith. I My official job is I work for Navico Canada here in Edmonton, Alberta, which most people know as Lawrence. So I work out of the Edmonton office doing tech support and all the warranties. So most people will know me for that as my official job. I've been very busy in the fishing industry for about the last 16, 17 years, pro staffing for, for different companies, for Rapala, BMC and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, very active in the fishing industry. What's your favorite color? Blue. I can tell. You got a blue <laughs> background, blue shirt. <laughs> I think that's just coincidence today, but. You're just very themed. That's fine. Yeah. I'll have to get you a blue Len Thompson hat now. Absolutely. Before we hit record on the podcast, you were telling us a story um, involving one of our brand ambassadors, Scott Bulat. Would you care to reenact that for us? Yeah, we were fishing out at Cold Lake on a long weekend and we got ourselves into a little bit of a lightning and windstorm. So coming across the lake, the waves were getting to be about five feet at the marina. And as we're heading towards the marina, Scott's hat blew off. And he's like, that's my favorite hat. So I happen to have a net in the boat that reaches out to about six feet. So he throws it in reverse and we missed the, the hat the first time and it's quickly sinking. So he throws the boat in reverse and we got five foot waves coming over the back. And I, on the last attempt, I reached down and I grabbed that hat, pulled it out of the water for him. And, and he was super thankful for it and dried it off. And he was really happy. And he just informed me this past weekend that he was out again and going across the lake and the wind blew it off and immediately sunk. So all that effort of going, risking life and limb for his favorite hat was for nothing now since it's in the bottom cold lake. Wah, wah, wah. We should get him <laughs> one of those bucket hats that have the the string, have the string underneath. Yeah, I think that's totally within his style. <laughs> it works better. My my girls don't. My little children do not lose it that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if a seven year old girl and a five year old girl can handle it, so can Scott. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, gone are the days I have to do that with my kids, but now now I have Scott, so. <laughs> he can do that with him so poor scott not here to defend himself well speaking of scott though um on episode i think it was episode 10 we had scott bulette on and we kind of talked and got into the whole topic of sonars and fish finders and technology and i think that it's a a, a very interesting topic that brad and i know very little about and it was one of the reasons we were interested in having you on as a guest to our podcast so we could kind of dive into it a little bit deeper and and if you're in charge of technical support um as part of your big job i feel like you might be a good person to talk to about that well, we try. We try here. Turn it off and turn it back on again. Is that the number one piece of advice that you get? Uh, you, know I should say? you know, we do have a lot of that where a lot of customers, they, they don't, they need a little bit of help navigating through, through the procedures of turning it on and going through the, the menus and that. And uh, it's always a pleasure to help them and help them navigate because technology has come a long way. You know, even myself, you know, I, I hate to age myself, but I started out with the first flasher and now we've come all the way to live sonar. So there's a big learning curve. Yeah. I, somebody told me, I can't remember if it was on this podcast or whatnot, but we're the, the very basic fish finder 
is far more advanced than the sonar that 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 was being used in World War II to track down submarines. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now nowadays we have down scan and side scan, which is high resolution imagery of the bottom. We can see out to the sides of the boat. We can see underneath the boat. We can now see 360 degrees around the boat, and we can actually f- see fish swimming in real time with the live sonar. So I want to talk a little bit about your job first, and then I want to go a little bit into the into the product. And and I think lots of listeners are, and me in particular, are are quite interested in how much it's advanced, particularly in the last half dozen years, with with live image and and uh side scan and things like that so i i want i want to know a little bit more about what you do and how you found yourself in this role because you're a mechanic aren't you i did 25 years of dc electrical uh doing specialized work for emergency vehicles so city edmonton fire trucks ambulances canadian military so i have a a background in dc dc electrical which I mean, as we know, all, all our Lawrence electronics run off 12-volt DC. So, so my main job here, um, I look after the, the tech support. So the nice thing about having the Canadian office is we look after the Canadian customers here. So when you buy a product here in Canada, it's warrantied through Canada, through our office, tech supports in Canada. So if you call our 1-800 number, if you're having a, a technical question, I can answer it for you you know, be it an install or just operating or, you know, in, in the odd case, if you have a warranty issue, I can certainly look after that for you and, and get it sent to the office here, test it. And if it's determined it's faulty, I can send a replacement out from the office. Hmm. So how did you get recruited into that from working for high tech? I was looking for a change. I wasn't, you know, it was a private company doing, doing contract work for different companies. Military happened to be one of them, but I was looking for a change. Um, you know, it was, I'm getting older. <laughs> and so pulling wrenches every day, it was, it's hard on the body and stuff like that. And I've always been, been involved in the fishing industry and the opportunity came up here in the office um, with, uh, with the Canadian office opening and just happened to stop in and say, hey, this is, this is, I'd be interested in this and this is my background and it seemed to fit. Cool. So we got to know you before that. Tell us about how you got, let's, let's go back a little bit further. Let's go back to your getting around the industry a little bit more and your passion for fishing. Let's, let's start at the beginning and go from there. Well, I mean, I've, I was always that kid that was always involved in fishing. You know, my mom used to joke, she goes, you used to always take your lunch money and buy fishing stuff. And I said, well, you know, there's worse stuff that, that people can do, but was always involved in fishing and the opportunity came up one day um, with Rapala. Um, they were looking for pro staff and Steve Gower gave me the opportunity about 17 years ago to, to join the uh, Rapala BMC pro staff. And from there, it's just history. I've just been very involved, very passionate over it. Love testing product, love getting out on the water, love talking to people, love going to shows. You know, as we all know, you know, COVID taught us a good lesson. It's like we're we're a big family and together and it's just it's nice to see everyone. See see people like yourself, see customers. I just just enjoy being around it. We um get a lot of sponsorship requests, pro staff requests, 
And I think it'd be interesting to ask you the question of, you know, what kind of expectations revolve around pro staffing and, you know, what kind of responsibilities do you or have you had in that role? You know, if pro staffing has come a long ways from when I started. Big thing now is a good social media presence, um, getting out there, using the product, interacting with people, showing them, showing them what the companies that offer that that uh, you're dealing with, and uh, just being genuine, genuine with people because people will see right through it. You know, if you if you're fake and just trying to push product, but if you're genuinely trying to show people what you have and how to use it and how to you know, catch fish, it's, that goes a long way. So what, what are some of the expectations that, that, that are put down to you from the companies that you, that you would pro staff? Well, you know, a lot of uh, product support. So if we do come out with a new product, like here at Lawrence, like we expect our pro staff to go out and, and use the product and show people how to use it make them aware that we've got new products out. Um, our pro staff are tasked with some pretty big jobs here at Lawrence. Um, you know, from showing people new updates that we have for the units, showing them the new product, and uh, even testing some of the new product before it's even released. And, you know, we'll test, we'll test things like software updates, we'll test things like new product, you know, and get feedback from them. What are some of the expectations that that your customers have from the sonar side of things as opposed to, um, let's say, the lure side of things with, with Rapala? Well, on the Lowrance side, you know, customers, they want to be able to go out and enjoy their day on the water. So they, they want, obviously, a product that's going to give them the imaging that they want when they're, they're looking for sonar imaging. But most of it is ease of operation. Um, easy to navigate. And now with the new touchscreen units, it's very easy to navigate. If you can operate on, on an iPad, you can operate through the systems. Um, it's it's very, you know, it, it varies on what customers want on, on what level of fishermen they're at. You know, everything from your weekend warrior that just goes out, wants to turn the unit on and learn how to use it to more advanced guys that want to dig deeper into the systems and learn how to use it to their full advantage via networking multiple units together, networking their trolling motors and different sensors. So it's, you know, we do a lot of, of, of that, you know, and now that COVID's over, we can do a little bit more training, do a little bit more installs and, and show people how to get the most out of their units. So what kind of, what kind of advanced, I mean, you, you touch on this point of advanced use, what, what dive into that a little bit more. So if somebody wants to get more out of their fish finder, quote unquote, what type of tools can they use or utilize? Okay, or is so, that very unit based? Well, it's it's somewhat unit based, but now with the new live sonar technology, you know, it's it's been out for the last couple of years and it's it's coming by leaps and bounds every year. So people want to learn how to use it. So first of all, how to, you know, they're asking if their units are compatible and, you know, if they are, you tell them how it is and how to update their unit to be compatible and what components they need and then how to use use it because it, there's a little bit of a learning curve on on deciphering the images that you're seeing on the screen and and so a lot of people you know just need a little bit of help just like when side scan come up they'd look at it it's like what am i looking at so now you're you're explaining to them 
as you're seeing the water column and you're actually seeing your lure go down and, and seeing the fish active at it. So you're, you're, you're showing them exactly what they're looking at on the screen. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <clears throat> I have two fish finders in my whole life. One was a very, very old one that was on the old boat that is no longer, we've since sold the old boat. And it was good at telling basically what depth you were at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there might've been some blips on there. Maybe who knows? And actually I got a, a, a new basic Lawrence, but for, for my inflatable boat. And I just flipped it on finally a couple of weekends ago for the first time. And I was amazed that I was, I was like, what is that? What is that thing that keeps going up and down? Mm hmm I was like, I, I was very confused at, at the little bit. And then it hit me halfway through the day. That was my friggin' lure. Yeah. And, and I was, I, I couldn't for the first little bit, I thought it was like a glitch cause it was kind of seemed a bit symmetrical. And I, I was like, I was very confused. And then, yeah, then you, you dip it down a few yeah. more times. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's my lure. So, so it, it can see a number odd or odd odd, sorry, just, like perfect. So I, um, you know, that's on, that's on one of the more basic units. So mm -hmm. what that unit was, I think it was $500 or $450. What's the difference between say a basic unit and all the way up to, uh, what is the retail for, you know, your full rents setup? And what's so, I mean so Steve, before you get into that, Brad, I think we just like really came across something important. Please don't tell. they say like St steve's an actual fisherman like he he knows this stuff but you pointed out that you're moving your lure in a way that's very symmetrical and predictable it, shouldn't it be a little bit more erratic to attract fish could be i, I, I do like that erratic action yes yeah i don't know thank you for trying to help with my angling problems <laughs> now i see what brad was getting at here and now we i mean Sonar will always, you'll always have your 2D version. And this is where the learning curve starts. As guys want to graduate and get to live sonar, you will see your lure on 2D sonar and you will see it jigging up and down in, in most cases. But as we get to live sonar, that is more of a real time viewing of it. So you're going to see that in real time. And you're going to see actually how fish react. And as you were saying, a symmetrical action, you can actually see how fish react to certain cadences in the water when you're watching live sonar so if you're doing that you know just symmetrical you may see the fish come up and it's like no i'm not interested whereas if you get them in an erratic action all of a sudden you can actually see the fish's behavior the way they're reacting to the lures the way they're reacting to the cadence and and that's part of the learning curve that that i talk about is not just with the technology but now with the live sonar you can see how the fish react to different things which really helps you out in a lot of cases. When we were out on Cold Lake, we are watching on the live sonar, as we were dropping the lures, we could see the, the fish chasing the, the baits and they wanted it on the drop. So as soon as you pass the fish on the way to the bottom, we'd engage our reels and then start reeling up again and bang, you, you'd get a strike. And with the 2D sonar, you'll, you'll see your hook dropping, you'll see the hook, but it's not in real time. There's a, a major delay, but with the live sonar, you see it in real time. How big of a, is there a difference in like this, like does a 2D sonar just see like straight down and five feet out or 10 feet out and 
Like how how's the how's so the... imagine two D sonar, more of a flashlight cone. So it's a round cone, and uh, you're seeing about a third of your depth. So if you're in ten feet of water, you're roughly seeing about three point three feet. Where is live sonar is more of a pie slice. It's about an eighteen degree pie, and then uh, and then out on an angle. So it's not a complete cone. So that's where learning to use live sonar. You actually have to learn how to aim it depending on which mode you're in because we have forward we have down and we have scout modes so it's learning how to aim that beam at what you're looking at and your lure so there is a little bit of that uh, learning curve like i said once again on how to use it but once you dial it in you're actually focusing in on your lure so do you have any resources for people to train themselves and kind of um, figure yeah. out these patterns or think about these patterns? We've got a lot of information on our knowledge base on our www.lorance.com website. We have a lot of good YouTube videos. A lot of our pro staff have really good YouTube videos as well. And we actually have the, the Lorance app too that you can put on your phone. And under there, there's a question and answer. If you have any questions that you can look up some of the issues that you're having or some of the questions you want answered. And, uh, you know, you just basically go through and and uh, type in what you want and, you know, it directs you towards the answers that you're looking for. There's an app for that. Yep, absolutely. So back to my original question before Jess so rudely interrupted. I just feel like I really helped you there and Steve <laughs> validated me on that. Uh, maybe. maybe. The the base model for Lorance is, you know, that 450 retail-ish. What is your full, what is a retail setup for? Like well, you can full... get into live sonar for roughly around that $3,000 mark okay. for the unit and the live sonar. Because the live sonar, the transducer is separate from your unit. So you start with your unit, which would be compatible with live sonar, and then you can buy the live sonar with it. And then a side is side scan on top of that. Like side scan would be with most another... of the newer units, side scan is included uh, as your transducer. Most come with the three in one transducer now, so which gives you two D sonar like you're used to. Gives you down scan, which is more of an ultrasound to the bottom, and then it gives you side scan out to the sides. Uh -huh. Okay, uh, I, I've got two questions, and I think I'm going to go with this question first. Um, this is maybe a bigger question, and I think I've asked this question before, maybe even to Scott. I can't remember. I was listening to an interesting podcast about somebody talking about the ethics of this new side so sonar live. Um, you know, are is it as sporting as it used to be? You know, like the hunting side of things, where you're not allowed to use drones to help spot uh, spot animals. Uh, you know, is this, is this live sonar? So is that, is that a thing that is, is just kind of a few people here or there, um, talking on social media or is it, is it a bigger thing? Um, I'm maybe putting you in an unfair spot as a Lawrence guy, but what, what's the, what's, what's the, what's the chatter on that? Topic? No, I think it's just a few people talking. I mean, anytime you have new technology, it's always come up. Like you said, when side, when the first fish finders came up, people figured that was cheating. You know, when side scan came out, people figured that put anglers at an advantage. And now, now people talk about the live sonar, you know, does it help you? Absolutely. Does it help you catch fish? 
absolutely not. Just because you see them doesn't mean you can catch them. You know, you see that all the time is, is guys are using the equipment and still not catching fish, you know. You know, the technology is there to help you, but it doesn't catch the fish for you. Okay. So there hasn't been any any rumblings from regulatory bodies in the U.S. or things like that that are like, mm, not sure about this anymore or anything like that? Uh, the only place I've ever heard of it, I know the Muskie circuit was looking at, at um, maybe banning it, but people take things to the extreme. You know, being in tech support, I had a guy ask me, he goes, what happens if I put six on the boat? And I'm like, never been tried before. You know, <laughs> so people always push things to the limits, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee it uh, being an issue where, where they're going to be banning in competition or anything. So just, I just want to go back to that. There was one potential customer that was going to put six yes. live sonars on a boat. Yes. That's, yeah. that's intense. That is. Cool. So how does, how do you work with, well, and I know you're more on the tech support than sales, but I'm sure you, you help with the sales side of things and setting people up. So how, how do you go to help recommend or um, help a, help a customer select the proper uh, overall package? How many packages are there? Is there 20 SKUs? Is there five SKUs? Is there? You're putting me on the spot with SKUs, but I'd probably say there's probably maybe about 20 ish SKUs. Um, when I'm at shows and talking to customers, first of all, I, I ask them, you know, what kind of fisherman are you? Are you a weekend fisherman? Or do you fly in and out of lakes? Do you need a portable unit? Do you have a boat that you're installing this on? Um, you know, and then of course we talk about budget and we just the type of fishing that they do. You know, it's no different than you know asking a person, are you a fly fisherman or are you a spin cast fisherman? You just kind of lead them down the right path to find out what product suits them best. What about ice? Yes. So I hate using that word in August, like absolute <laughs> hate using it, but I'm curious. Some, some people don't have boats, right. But they do yeah. take advantage of this technology for ice fishing. So uh, we just came that. out with the Explorer pack. I believe this is going to be the second season for it, which is a um, live sonar package, portable package. So it comes with a lithium battery, comes with a, uh, a unit and it comes with live sonar. And the nice thing about ice fishermen nowadays with the technology of, of mapping and stuff, you can go out and have maps of your favorite lake on an SD card and put that into your unit and travel across the lake with your snowmobile now and find your drop-offs, find your favorite fishing spots that you fished in the summer and recorded. And then all of a sudden drive to the lake in your, your snowmobile or your quad park on that spot and drop your ice transducer down or your live sonar down and, uh, have all the the joys that you had in the summer out there your hands in the winter is is the is the package look very similar is it is it is it kind of the same basic uh screen in the back or is it more yeah of it's exactly it's the exact same screen and everything everything that you're seeing in the summer you're going to see in the winter basically in a little portable unit that you can pick up and carry around with you so it's gonna you know you're gonna be seeing the same thing on the screen that you see see in the summer just now you're carrying it around with you in the winter and putting in your ice tent or your ice shack and we even have the ability to screen mirror uh to our iphones or ipads and then guys will actually hdmi it there's out to these fancy ice shacks that have 50 and 60 inch tvs up on the wall and view it on their tv boys except and for, their toys yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> except, for, except for it doesn't doesn't help too much if the fish are 100 feet 
the other direction or 200 feet the other direction. Exactly. And that's where, you know, we were talking about live sonar and the advantages. If you can't catch them, all the technology in the world isn't going to get them to you. Uh-huh. You're, you're absolutely right. I was using uh, at Lawrence on Twin Lakes uh, a couple weeks ago out by Rocky Mountain House. There's a bunch of fish down there. Yeah. They didn't want to play. They didn't yep. want to play with uh, a Lenny or a Rapala or little jigs or nothing. They just, I think it was too hot and they were just lethargic, but, or maybe it was just me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was fishing too consistently. Maybe it was too. Symmetrically. <laughs> Symmetrically. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the issue. I don't know. And Brad, you're not supposed to admit to fishing with other things besides Lynn Thompson. No, it's, it's fine. I, I mean, I, I would I don't necessarily do that. Maybe the people in my boat were. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Was there any other questions that you had for Steve Bradley? No, no, I don't have any more questions other than I'd like to know a little bit about Steve's personal setup. Like how where, where does he go fishing? Where do, what does he do? Uh what what is he what is he targeting? What technologies is he using? What what boat tackle all that sort of fun that's stuff. a lot of questions you said you didn't have any questions oh. and you just asked him for his life story <laughs> you know it's funny because my boat is actually you know it's like an office now and a lot of us that do a lot of fishing we have them set up like i've got uh two units on my bow or on my console one at the bow i'm running live sonar all network together so i mean i can see live sonar from anywhere on the on on the boat so if i'm at the console i can turn it on there or have it on at the bow um i do have multiple transducers which i can share throughout the boat so it's that's my setup i'm running hts lives right now um, which i totally love um but i'm it's i'm a walleye fisherman at heart my first passion is walleye i love going out fishing for walleye um but i really have become addicted to lake trout fishing lately Uh oh. Um, yeah. So, and that's where, you know, having the live sonar has really changed the game a little bit because it's a little bit of a cat and mouse game uh, with the live sonar, but yeah, really, uh, really enjoyed fishing for lake trout lately. Cool. We don't have quite as many opportunities for lake trout here where we are anyways, but uh, cold lake's not too far away, but you've got a lot more walleye opportunities close to Edmonton. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh I got a, a cabin on Baptiste Lake, family cabin out there. And so fish Baptiste quite a bit, fish Calling Lake quite a bit. Uh, really enjoy spending my time up there and uh, just relaxing, just fishing. And, you know, as competitive as it can be, it's just nice to be out on the water relaxing. Very good. Cool. Uh, what do you think, Jess? Rapid fire? Rapid fire. I think we've got a pretty good uh, understanding of sonar now. So let's... Uh... Let's go to rapid fire. You know the rules of rapid fire, Steve? I don't think I do, but... 30 seconds to to, to answer the question. Uh, not all questions, per question. We had, and, we had that and, mixed uh, up on the last podcast. <laughs> he was being very rapid. He was rapid firing because he thought he had 30 seconds for all eight questions. Right. So He was doing good. He was on track, but... Uh, 30 seconds per question and uh, eight questions. You ready? You ready. Question number one. What is the one fishing-related tool you could not live without? 
Probably my pliers. Very practical. Very practical. No, just six inch needle nose pliers day in and day out. You know, they're great in the boat for, for fixing stuff. Obviously removing fish hooks. Unfortunately, I've had to remove fish hooks from my hand with them, repair stuff in them. So it's a tool I won't be without. Very good. That was well below 30 seconds. Guess. Uh, question number two. Um, you live in Edmonton or yes. Edmonton area. Um, what is your, and you kind of already answered this, but we're going to ask anyways, what is your favorite local fishery besides Baptiste, which you just noted? Uh, I enjoy going down to the river once in a while and fishing the North Saskatchewan river. Um, you never know what you're going to catch down there. Um, so you could pull out a, an eight pound walleye, you could pull out a sturgeon, you could pull out a, a gold eye, a moon eye. You never know what you're going to catch down there. You're good at this. Bradley, question number three. What is your number one bucket list fishing trip that you would like to take? I think I'd like to go up to Plumber's Lodge and fish for big pike, big lake trout. Um, you know, you know, everyone always wants to go on these exotic trips. I'd like to see my own country and fish, fish Canada and, and just see some different opportunities and, and catch some of those really big fish. Question number four. Um, you were fishing without a sonar. Bum, bum, bum. Somebody didn't How? wire up. Somebody didn't wire it up correctly. <laughs> How do you scout out a new fishery the old school way? Go. Am I allowed to use maps? So I'd look at hydrographic maps sure. of, of, of the lake and see where the, the humps and drop-offs are. If I wasn't allowed to use maps, I'd be looking at the shoreline for points. And I'd look at the shoreline for, for uh, steep breaking points into the water and, and just changes from, say, rock to, to sand to everything for those transition areas. Very, very practical stuff. That's why we like Stephen. Number five, your favorite fishing memory within the last five years, not including getting Scott Bulett's hat out of the water. Oh, wow. It's getting tougher. That's getting tougher. In the last five years. Wow. Probably just seeing my wife, my kids, and just people that are new to fishing, just catching fish. I mean, it's not about me catching fish. I would love to take people out on the water and just, watch someone catch that first fish or just if they haven't done a whole lot of it, just watch them catch fish and just enjoy it. Just, you know, seeing them have that same passion that I had when I was growing up. You went over time, but I feel like that was very heartwarming and sweet. So Brad, can we allow? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Brad's the judge of the game and he <laughs> in a good mood today. So you you're, you're at a lot of good points. There you go. Uh, question number six, who taught you how to fish and tell us about their role in your life? Um, well, my grandfather on my mom's side was, you know, had a big part in it. And obviously my dad, um, I remember being little and, you know, dad would take me fishing and I was so small, I'd sleep in the nose of the boat, but, uh, I was still out there fishing and still have a picture of my first fish, which was a perch out there fishing with my dad and, and, Grandpa let me drive the boat for the first time and I actually told my mom and took a picture of it. My mom thought he was in the boat with me, but he was on shore taking pictures. Question number seven. You are a walleye fisherman at heart. 
What is your go-to setup and what are your top three baits? Wow. Um, crankbaits, obviously, a good search tool for when the fish aren't biting. Uh, trolling crankbaits covers a lot of area. And then as I slow down, I'd go to a jig and soft plastic. And if the fish got real finicky, probably a slip bobber set up with a light jig and a leech. Last question. Do you have any new and exciting innovations or projects coming down the pipeline that you would like to share? Um, we do. I can't really share them at the moment. Um, Why not? On, on, uh, on our Rapala side, we do have a lot of baits coming out for 2024. Um, a lot of the new Crush City stuff, which is a TPE plastic. So it's very stretchy. So if you're familiar uh now I'm going to date myself. The old stretch Armstrong guys, you could stretch them forever and they wouldn't break. So that's that's what our soft, some of our soft plastics are coming out as. So I can share that with you. Well done. Steve, before we go, I assigned you with task for a fishing joke. Have you prepared your favorite fishing joke? I think I have one. All right. What do you call a fish that practices medicine? Sturgeon. Uh, <laughs> that one's cute. I like that one. Uh-huh. That's a gooder. We're trying to keep it uh family programming. So <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's perfect. That's good. <laughs> Steve, uh, tell us how uh, our listeners can find out more about uh Lawrence and you and all that sort of fun stuff. Well, Lawrence, we have our website, www.lawrence.com, uh, which we have all of our products on there. You know, you can search questions that, that you may need answered. Um, for myself, you can find me on Instagram at Meredith Outdoors. And I'm always glad to answer fishing questions or, or just uh, to see what everyone's up to and, and help them out. Perfect. Thanks so much, Steve. You're a heck of a good guy. Uh, and, uh, really appreciate you taking some time to educate us on sonar, fish finders, all that sort of fun stuff. No problem. Thank you for having me on. I was telling you guys at the show, I've been a big fan of the podcast and now I can actually say I've made it now that I've been on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, listeners, happy fishing.